0: Welcome to another faith building message by Pastor Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church. For more information about Phil and C3, please visit myc3church.net. I gotta tell you, I'm so thrilled to let you know Pilgrims, our newest C3 music album is already here. The songs on this album are for our journey in Jesus. No matter where we are on that journey in the valley, or on the mountaintop. His love is unchanging and so should our praise and worship be. Cannot wait for you to hear it. Head to iTunes or Google Play to download it today. I want to take you to uh, a passage in Jeremiah who is known as a pretty sad prophet, but actually uh, he had some really wonderful things to say. One of them was in, This passage, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, this is the Message Bible, where he says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon or harm you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. What a beautiful thing that is, especially for mothers here today. As I was thinking about mums, I thought, what would probably be one of the greatest needs or or aspirations mums have, and that is, I think one of the greatest needs is how can I live a less stressful life? How can I be less anxious? Well, it's obvious you buy this book by Phil Pringle called Peace. Amen. <laughs> the, the deal is though, in, the, in that book, I do cover some of the stories that I wanted to cover here this morning. But this passage, it fascinates me because he starts out by saying, I know what I'm doing. Sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm not sure if, you're like this, but I wonder if He really does. Because there are things that are going on down here that I'm, look, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, do, do, do you realize that it's now been five years and this is still going on? And, and yet in the face of this, you're saying, I know what I'm doing. And I've got to go like, okay, I've got to believe this Word instead of looking at my circumstances. And then He says, I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. I have it all planned out. In fact, in the New King James Version, it says, I know the plans that I have for you. I'm going like, that's great, Lord, that you know the plans you have for me. Is there a chance, is, is there a, just a tiny chance that you could let me know what those plans are that you have for me? You got this blueprint up there, you got the architect, you got all the workers out, is there a chance? He says, one step at a time. My word is a lamp for your feet, a light to the steps. I said, well, where are we going? What's, what's the end result look like? He says, well, the end result's pretty good, but I'm hesitant to show you the pathway there because you may not embark on the journey. You might just run in the other direction. When you see the twists and the turns, the valleys and the mountains, the the deserts and the jungles and everything else. But the fact is, the journey is the making of us. Yeah. And and then he, he says, I've got plans to take care of you and not abandon you. Why would God need to say, my plan is not to hurt you. My plan is not to harm you. And I think that, that He has to say that to us because He can read down and in, inside out subconscious mind, there are some thoughts in there that may have gotten in there from way at the beginning of our life or we've been taught these things or that God is actually out to, to not help you, that He's there to harm you that He's like this capricious mean, hateful personality but let me tell you this there is only one reason Jesus came into this earth and that was to help you that was to heal you that was to bless you and to do you good There's no other reason that God sent His own Son into the world, but actually out of the love of His own heart, He would reach out to you and I and start to help us in every way He possibly can. So He says, I'm not sent Jesus into this world to harm you. I have not got plans. I haven't got any plans at all to hurt you. I've got no plans at all to abandon you. I don't know about you. when When I hear the GPS person, whether it's a girl or a guy on that map I'm driving, and they say, turn right. I say, oh, I know a better way. And I go left, right? It's, it's not me who got abandoned. I abandoned the GPS girl. I said, see you later. You go that way. I'll go this way. My way's faster. But you didn't realize she knew there was heavy traffic down this road. And then you're stuck on this road saying, man. And, and she's saying, do a U-turn, do a U-turn. So you think, okay, I'll do a U-turn. You go off. And how long does it take us to learn? It, it's, it's like... The next time, you still think, no, I know, I know, quick away. And you get get bamboozled every time. There comes a point where, honestly, you just need to surrender to the GPS lady. (laughs) And say, I surrender all, I surrender all. Come to Jesus and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust your plan more than my plan. And not just the destination of where you actually want us to get to. I'm going to trust that the pathway you got me on is going to be the pathway that is the best way to go. Now, that takes me to this passage in Romans 8:28, where it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Now, I, I realise that sometimes you've claimed the Scripture, but you're not allowed to because this is my Scripture. Actually, it's available to anybody in the world. But it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. You know, uh, mums, those things you've got in your house called children. All things work together for good, eventually. And the oldest thing you've got in the house, that oldest child you have, your husband. All things, all, all these things are working together for good It's to those who love God. And the fact is you love God. You might wonder about whether you do or not, but you're in the house of God here this morning. You love it. You love God. You, you turned up. You came. You might only come occasionally. We wish you'd come more. But at the same time, let me tell you, don't count yourself out just because you may not be the best Christian on earth. You may not, may not be doing the greatest things on earth. You, 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 you look at Joseph and you're going like, wow, I, I, I mean, how does that happen? Well, how it happens is she's living out a plan of God, but you do not want to be on the journey that got her there. And and a lot of us realise that that there is a plan God has for us and that there is a price to pay, but all things that you're going through right now, they're going to work out for good. There's not one thing in your life that is happening that's going to ultimately harm you. Even the things that are designed to hurt you and to harm you, are gonna work out for good. God twists them and turns them and makes them work together for good for you. And I'm gonna take you through a few stories with mums in the Bible that that actually happened to. But the reason this is my Scripture, and I use it so often, is because I find every day of my life, I do not wake up thinking, wow, it's a great day, things are gonna go well, it's a blessed day, I'm a great man, things are awesome. I never wake up like that. I don't know about you. I I think there must be all these demons hanging around the bed. As soon as I wake up, everything's gonna go bad today. You're a really useless, hopeless person today. It's never gonna work for you. Look at you, you ugly thing. How could anything good happen to you? (laughs) I can hear them all cackling around. I gotta get up and switch my faith on and say, hey, all things do work together for good to those who love God. I am gonna make it today. Maybe I'm the only one in the room who has that experience in the morning. Maybe you have it all day long. There's got to come a time where you pull out a Scripture and you say, I know the plans I've got for you. That plan's for good and not to harm you. All things are going to work out together for good to those who love God. And the reason we've got to keep preaching it is because we've got an adversary preaching that message all day long in some people's heads. And when you come into the house of God, faith should rise. Reassurance that God is there for you and that He loves you. That He's only here to help you, not to harm you. He's not out to abandon you. He's here to be with you every step of the way. And my last Scripture, which really is my Scripture because I wrote a song on it. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. And that's why He says, I won't abandon you. Don't we do life so much better when you got somebody else there? Man, I, I don't know. I remember when I was a kid, I'd be out surfing and the sun would go down, and everywhere you look, there are fins. There's fins everywhere. <laughs> and you can hear this music in the back of your head. But when somebody else is there, you don't see the fins. What's that about? You might go, Oh, was that a fin? He said, No, oh, you're good. And you're too, your ego's way too healthy to admit that you got any fear anyway. And so, just doing life together with other people, reduces fear. That's why we have connect groups. You'll do life so much better in a connect group. you find that serving God together with another person in a team, Jesus sent people out two by two. And husbands, you know you do better. You know you're a mess without your wife. You know she's there as the most wonderful strength and help and encouraging point of your entire existence. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I want it louder. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, we salute you today for all the things you put up with and yet you stay strong, encouraging and loving. It amazes me on the, on the six o'clock news how you see this kid, he's in handcuffs and being led into the paddywhack and he hijacked a car, smashed into a house, ran away from the police and you know they found knives and stuff on him or whatever. And there's his mother, oh, he's really a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. He's, he's, a, he's got a good heart. <laughs> Mothers are blind and so is God. God can't see bad in you. He, he forgives you. He justifies you. I mean, a lot, you know, yeah, that's the truth of it. The, the deal is, you know, when I know when, when, when somebody else's kids do something wrong, they're criminals. When my kids do something wrong, ah, good for them. You know, like, yeah, whatever, they'll get through it. They're on top. Everybody else has problems. My kids just have situations. And uh, God, God has a ridiculously extravagant love for you. The Bible even says He justifies the ungodly. That's a very hard piece of theology to get a hold of. But there are people who believed in God and yet even though their lives haven't been that perfect, He's sent to make their wrong lives right. He said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm prepared to impute my justification to you. And the beautiful thing about God is that He always tells you who you are before He tells you what to do. Because unless you know who you are, you're gonna find it very difficult to do what you're meant to do. When you know that you're forgiven and when you know that you're justified and when you know that you're an overcomer, when you know that the goodness of God is towards you, you'll find it so much easier to do the things you're meant to do. Otherwise, we're trying to do the things we're meant to do without that empowerment of encouragement, trying to earn the favour of God rather than living out of the favour of God. And that is the grace of God. You know, God didn't draw a circle with Him, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and say, whoa, us three, we're good. We're holy, we're righteous. He drew a circle big enough to encompass the entire planet. He said, I want to include everybody in this circle. And they said, but how can they? He said, by the grace of God, by the love of God, I'm going to include everybody in this family. If they will reach out and receive my pathway into heaven, I'm going to accept them as though they were even you, Jesus. Jesus goes, wow, that's a great plan. That's generous. He says, that's what I am. I'm the generous love of God. And you can rest on that, knowing that the plans that He has for you are good that He will not abandon you, that He will not have plans to hurt you, and that everything that happens in your life works together for good. Whatever you're facing right now, somehow, some way, it's gonna work together for good. Do not be thinking that something's too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. He says, "Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything beyond my ability to set straight? Is there anything outside of my capacities to put together as a miracle, as an opportunity, as a problem answer? Is there anything beyond my strength, my wisdom, my capacity that I couldn't be limited in my ability to help you to, to bring you help and healing? God is not limited by anything else other than, our, than, than by our uh, ability to surrender if we can say Lord God I'm going to trust in You. Here today, I'm going to surrender my circumstance to You. He'll say, I'm with You, even through it all. I'm with You through the fire. I'm with You through the water. Fear not, for I am with You and will not ever abandon You. And so that brings me to this Scripture. Fear not, for I am with You. And I thought, well, who is there in the Bible that that would really apply to? And I was thinking about mothers because it's Mother's Day. And I thought, well, is." this one and that one. But the one I rested on was Hagar. I don't know if you've heard of Hagar. Hagar's an Egyptian girl. She's living a happy little life down in Egypt. And for some unusual reason, she ends up in the slave market where she is gonna be sold. It was a common practice. Abraham and Sarah, parents of the Israelite nation, they see her in purchase her. And Sarah has her in her house as her maidservant. However, Hagar's job description gets expanded quite big so that she's now going to be the surrogate mother of Abraham's and Sarah's child. And so Ishmael is conceived. As soon as Ishmael is conceived, she starts gloating over Sarah, cause Sarah is barren. She can't have children. Abraham's husband of Sarah. He's the husband of Sarah. So she can't have children. She's devised this plan. Let's have children by Hagar, my maidservant. So Hagar is trying to be pregnant and be the surrogate mother to Abraham of his child. And Hopefully it's all going to work out. It's a difficult, complicated, dysfunctional family situation. A really horrible circumstance. Because Hagar can't cope with this victory. She's gloating. And so Sarah despises her so much, she kicks her out. While she's out in the desert, wandering around as this pregnant woman trying to, reconcile how she's going to live her life. God meets her and He says, where are you going and where have you come from? Which is a pretty good question for any one of us at any time of our life. Where are you going and where are you coming from? What's your motivation and what's your destination? But anyway, Hagar says, look, I'm having such a bad time in the house that I'm in, in the family that I'm in. That rejected me, I'm out. And He says, I want you to go back. He says, go back into that difficult circumstance." He says, go back and I will be with you. Being a Christian doesn't inoculate us against difficult circumstances, but it helps us through them. Because in them, we can have the complete and utter assurance that God is with us. When, When the Lord spoke that Scripture through Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not evil. Jeremiah was replying to another prophet called Haniah who was prophesying that they'd be out of Babylon in two years time. Jeremiah didn't have that kind of news for them. He said, no, 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 it's gonna be a little longer than that. It's gonna be like 70 years. But while you're here, let me tell you, I'm not gonna abandon you. While you're in this foreign land though, I'm not gonna be a foreigner to you. I'm gonna be close to you in this difficult circumstance. So I want you to build houses, plant vineyards, enjoy life because I'm gonna bless you even though you're not in the most perfect of circumstances, the plans I have for you are good and not evil. Even though your circumstances look like I've forgotten you, I've abandoned you. I'm telling you, I haven't abandoned you. I've put you in this circumstance. Even though the surrounding environment is difficult to live in, in this environment, I'm gonna bless you because the plans I have for you are good, not evil, and I will not abandon you, says the Lord, amen. Fear not, Hagar. You can go back into that circumstance and you're gonna be all right. Leaving it is not gonna solve the issue. Going back into it is actually gonna help you. Eventually, she had the child, as the child grew, they, it, it happened again. Deep level rejection. Abraham and Sarah kicked this girl out with her 13-year-old child, Ishmael. They're wandering in the desert. They'd given her some provisions. The provisions ran out. She's sitting down and she's crying out to God, dear God, is there any way that you can help me? Is there anything you can do? I'm just gonna put the child over there 100 yards away from me. I don't wanna see him die. She was that desperate, that depressed. And then God came to her and said, look over there, there's a well. She opened her eyes and she saw a well. The well was there all the time. But her depression stopped her from seeing an opportunity right in front of her eyes. Her depression stopped her seeing salvation was right there within arm's reach. Her depression stopped her seeing that God is good and that He hadn't abandoned her. So when God did come through to her, He showed her the place where she could get refreshed, where she could find water, where she could find new life. She went over to the water. and Now, out of that, we got nations, many nations from that one child because God did not abandon a mother in her deepest level of rejection, in her deepest moment of trial. And I'm so glad for what Josie's doing on the Northern Beaches because the divorce rate is only rising right around around this nation. And even though we might preach positive sermons, inspirational sermons, I wanna tell you, the fact is they're useless unless they land in reality. Hearing nice inspirational things and aspirational things are useless. And the church is useless unless we land in people's real lives. And we're trying to do that every day of our lives. The second part of fear not is be not dismayed for I am your God. Oh, and I'm thinking, wow, who got dismayed in the Bible? Who got disappointed? And I'm thinking hard about all the mums who could have got disappointed. Well, I landed on a girl called Naomi. Her husband, Elkanah, just have to listen real quick now. Put all your devices down if you're doing emails or anything else, just drop it. Listen, because this is complicated. Well, for a couple of seconds. Here's, here's Naomi, her husband, Elkanah, takes Elimelech, I'm sorry, takes them off to a land called Moab and their two sons, Chilion and Malon, go with them. One means pining, the other means sickness. Great names to give your kids. (laughs) They go off to the land of Moab. The two boys marry two Moabite girls. Then the father dies. Then the two sons die. Not a happy life. Be not dismayed. Yeah, right, God. You're you're telling me don't be disappointed. My, My husband has led me into this land of death, away from the house of bread and praise, Bethlehem Judah. He took us out of church. We're down here in this hopeless place. We're all dying for goodness sake. And I got these two mobite daughters-in-law. What am I gonna do? And then she thought, I'll get back to church. She heard that they were having a 6pm living word Bible study. I'm gonna get down to the house of bread and praise. Amen. She heard that they were singing songs off the Pilgrim's album on Sunday morning. That that she said, I'm getting out of this land of death. I'm going back. See you girls. One of the girls said, woo, not, not me. I'm coming with you. Her name was Opa. And so they decide they're on their way back and they come into the land and there's this guy called Boaz. Now, my wife and I were doing a little Bible study yesterday and we we had commentaries that disagreed with each other. Her commentary said that Boaz is the daughter, is the son, Boaz is the son of Rahab and Solomon. Matthew 1.5 is the genealogy. So I said, well, my commentary says they'd have to be 150 years old to, to be that. So we both decided they're 150 years old and they're the parents, amen. So, so Boaz is the child of Rahab who was, remember, in Jericho. And now he wants to marry Ruth, the Moabites, who's come out of the land of Moab. Two non-Israelite people brought together in the strangest of circumstances, even though they've lost husbands, sons, they've found disaster happening in around their world God started working all things together for good as soon as they reignited that love for God. She said, I'm getting back to where I belong. And that's who you are today. You're the person who belongs in connection with God, in connection with Jesus. Quickly, let me me just go through these last two phrases of the Scripture. I will strengthen you. When Jesus met a woman who'd been losing blood for 12 years, He put His hand on her. She was healed. She immediately got strengthened. Then He said, yes, I will help you, Mary and the Holy Spirit. As soon as I see the word help, I think Holy Spirit because He's the helper. He will come to you and He will help you, empower you with strength. And then the last one, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That means to make you walk upright, to make you straighten up. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus comes into church and there's a woman there who's bowed over. She'd been like it for 18 years. She can't straighten up. She just can't get out of that position. There are a lot of things that make us feel inferior in life, that bow us down, that put us over. Sometimes even religion has done that. But when Christ comes into your life, He said to this woman, woman, you are loosed. And she stood up straight away. One encounter with Christ and she could hold her head high. One encounter with Christ and she no longer felt inferior. One encounter with Christ, she no longer felt abused and forgotten and marginalized. Here today, I want you to know that when Jesus Christ comes into anybody's life, we will find ourselves standing upright. You will find yourself no longer feeling inferior, not that you're gonna feel superior, but you'll feel better than you did before about being who you are. Once God accepts you, it's so much easier to accept yourself and to walk with yourself. Hey everyone, what a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously there are costs to that, there are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the Book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? And he's talking about the beautifulness of, of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's world. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this, and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I want to say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening. You can order any of Pastor Phil's resources at philpringle.com or at c3store.com. We are always encouraged to hear the stories of great decisions you have made and the great things God is doing in your life. So if you have a story to share or if you have a prayer request, please email us at podcast at myc3church.net.